The Packers have played their four quarters. Now it's time for the fifth quarter. Hello, everybody. Good to see you out here at the Stadium View. Another edition of the fifth quarter, halfway through 2018. Anybody got an AED in the building? We might need one. This Packer team needs a jolt somehow. They fall again last night. Hard-fought battle at Gillette Stadium, 31-17. The New England Patriots make it six in a row. Get to six and two and send the pack to three, four, and one halfway through. We're going to talk about it. It was a quick trip out to uh, New England. Uh, had my fill of chata. Saw a good ball game for three quarters again. Critical turnover in the fourth. Turned the tide. Packers could not recover. And now there is very little room for error. But uh, we'll break it down and look forward to the second half of the season, beginning with a little fishing expedition coming this Sunday at Lambeau when the Miami Dolphins come to town. Alongside, as usual, Matt Z. Hello, Matt. Hello, hello, hello. So your team better than their team. Yeah, I mean, that was that was a good game to watch. Three quarters, obviously. You're tied 17-17. Packers are rolling in Patriots territory. It looks like they're going to at least get themselves set up for a go-ahead field goal. Who knows what that means following that. You know, with Tom Brady, a lot of time left. But that key fumble, that key fumble on a guy that just doesn't fumble. First one ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Aaron Jones manning up, taking credit, speaking to the reporters, talking about that fumble, puts all of the blame on his shoulders. Clearly, it's not all his fault. That's a big moment, but... That is so typical of Aaron Jones. Yeah, that's true. From what we've known about him and had him on the show a couple of times and just his background with his family. He's just a stand-up guy that will take responsibility so for things. So fourth quarters, second week in a row. Yeah. Fourth quarters. Well, maybe we should call a show the fourth quarter. So they only play three. I'd feel much better about things. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we'll stay with the fifth. Uh, but yeah, it you know, and it wasn't just the fumble. I mean, the offense sputtered. I think Mike McCarthy said today in the last two weeks, those close losses to the Rams, and well, it was two touchdowns, but a right. ball game late. They've run only twenty-two offensive plays in the fourth quarter in well, two games. And you look at the fourth quarter from yesterday. You look at their final four possessions. It was a punt. It was the fumble. It was another punt, fourth and then a, downs, and a turnover yeah. on down. So when you needed your offense to be firing on all cylinders, it just wasn't. And when the Patriots needed their defense to fire on on all cylinders, they got four big stops, yeah. including that turnover. Yeah, indeed. And the Packer defense uh, gave up some plays, but they also had very good moments in that game. Got off the field on several occasions. Uh, made a tremendous goal line stand. Four snaps from the one with the game still tied. Uh, but Yen... They get fooled on a couple of crazy plays, uh, give up a few. It's just, this is kind of like a team that is the girl with the curl at the high school dance. You see her in the corner, you're awfully attracted to her, it, things are, you think are going well, and then you just kind of reach over at the end of the night to give her a kiss and she turns away, and you're really disappointed. You have so much well, anticipation. Well, and then all first, of a sudden. First of all, first of all, hold on. In 2018, let's not just be going up to random women and kissing them. I, uh, all right. Let's not do that. Hashtag me too. All right. I get let's it. Let's make but sure you... we take them out to dinner first and we establish a rapport. For my story on my blog site today, newsfromthepack.com, I, I liken it to a, a comedian knows when he makes a bad joke. Yeah. Because it's all about the timing. If the timing's not right, it, it's going to bomb. Uh, and the timing just isn't right for this Packer team. They have their moments, but when they need the timing to be right... It's no joke. It's not good. And and they're having trouble finishing, and it's just been such a bumpy ride. 0 for 4 on the road is 
is unbelievable. Granted, they played two very good teams, but they got four left. And like I said, right. for the last couple of weeks, the, you know, uh, all right, the Vice got to five, the Bears got to five, uh, and they still got to play those two on the road uh, before this thing is and, over. And the tie looms large right now. Forget about the wild card. Saints beating yeah. the Rams did not help. Panthers are going gangbusters. So, uh, you know, let's just – the North is it. Uh, that's about their only avenue you if know, they want to play uh, after New Year's Eve. Aaron talked after the game, each season you need to learn how to win again, right? True. Because you're always going to have rookies come in. Oh, yeah. Have free I mean, it's 30% turnover every year. And right now the Packers just haven't learned how to win on the road, and they haven't learned how to beat the good teams when it's close. I mean, you had chances with L.A., you had chances with New England, and against those types of teams, you can't have mistakes. Yeah, I know. You have to play perfect football on the road almost, almost, as close as you can, and they just haven't been able to do all that. Right. So we'll get to all of it, and we'll visit with the guy I think you're really going to like tonight. Packers number two, Deshaun Kaiser, already in the house, and he's going to be visiting with perfect night for Deshaun. I mean, all week long we heard 12 v. 12, the GOAT versus the GOAT. Uh, you know, the greatest quarterback matchup in modern-day NFL history, and uh, I am we'll have a quarterback break it down. I am so happy all of that crap is over with. Yeah. I got so tired of it. You didn't see the TV coverage, but they kept going to this goat farm. Oh, no. They dressed up uh, really? two goats, one in a Brady jersey, uh, one in a on. Rogers jersey. It was just, oh, way too much. Okay. The midterms need to be done. And the goat versus goat need to be done. All right. Let's move forward. All right. But, yeah, still, when you think about the careers of those two, I mean, it is a rare, and it was only the second meeting, you know, with a yeah. Packer-led Rodgers team but, and a Brady-led Patriots team, and probably, probably will be the last. Isn't it funny, though? It was 12 versus 12, but arguably the biggest throw was from number 11. Well, the best passer rating belonged to uh, Julian Edelman. Yeah. He was at 118 point something uh, for the one throw. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. We'll get to that. We'll Decisive get to that. Let's throw. Get, let's get to the locker rooms before we bring on Deshaun. From Gillette Stadium last night, Mike McCartney went first, and he went quickly. He answered only four questions, and the first was about the turning point fumble. Well, I mean, it's obviously a big play in the game. Um, you know, the score is you know, a question. Uh, but, you know, really that was a turning point. Uh, they made the key plays at the end there, and uh, we obviously did it in the fourth quarter. So um, we need to be better. Got to be better. Just a little bit better. And as we mentioned, it was the very first fumble of Aaron's young and still, come on, now, promising career. The horrible I mean, game that in that situation, that moment, and you fumble, it's tough. I mean, I don't know what else to say other than it's my mistake and I'll correct it. And I'm sure he will. And unlike last week's fumbler now in Baltimore, at least he, he stood there and he, he talked about it and, you know, he owned it. There's no question. I, I give him credit for that. And, and he's a guy that deserves touches. I mean, he is he's a difference maker. You're seeing this week Boy, after he week. Had, he had a terrible day. 5.4 only per right. carry. Uh, down yeah. from his season average of 6.2, which, by the way, led the NFL going into that game last night. And Amazing. it's not like he's got a bunch of, you know, 30 or 40 yard runs that no, they're are upping all, that average. They're all four to eight or ten. He's very consistent. Yeah, he He's is. a difference maker. He, yeah, he is. Well, here's the hoodie. Bill Belichick on the win. Green Bay's a good football team. Talked all week about how difficult they are to prepare for, to play against, and they were. Um, they certainly gave us uh, a number of problems in a number of areas, but you know, we battled through it. We were able to make, uh, make enough plays. 
They made enough plays. And that's from the head coach that won the game. Yeah. Uh-huh. That kind of excitement. <laughs> that's no. <laughs> you yeah. got insomnia. Listen to him. He'll put you to sleep. No kidding. Packers secondary in flux all week, really, since the haha trade uh, six days ago. And then there were injuries. There were rejections. Josh Jones said it turned into musical chairs. Oh, uh, I know, man. It's, it's tough, man. It's hard to, you know, for a defense to get in the rhythm, you know, when guys are just, you know, getting injured left and right. Um, you know, it's just tough. It was tough, that's for sure. A lot of guys played in a lot of different spots. Tremont Williams on the discouraging final 15 minutes. You can't give Tom the ball back in that uh, circumstance. So um, I'm discouraged because because of that. I felt we played well, got off the field a lot. And um, times that we did get off the field, we gave them more drives from penalties. You know, And we can't have those things. That's what's hurting us right now. And um, we need to get that out of our game. Yes, they do. Yeah, some penalties again. Yeah, I mean, there was the running into the punter. Uh, that, that was that doesn't help. That those, was a rookie drooling, you know. Those types he, of situations. Through the line sure. of scrimmage. Yeah, but dr- I mean, you know, New England comes out on fire, unstoppable with that I gotta pace. T- I got to tell you that pace. Uh, my, I take notes every game. I don't know if you've ever seen my notebook, but I got a collection of. Uh, I could not even write down the yardage, the down. Uh, it was so fast. Yeah. It was so fast that that no huddle that they came out with. Amazing. It, it really was. And then. Defense settled down. Patriots did some different pace all throughout the game. But, I mean, after that opening touchdown where it looked like the Patriots are just going to run wild on that defense, you know, I just figured it out. It was 10 more points until the fourth quarter. Yeah, they figured it out. I agree. But, yeah, they got 10 plays off in three minutes to start that game. Uh, But on the Packers' side, offensively, it's eight weeks in now. And Aaron Rodgers knows there's something still missing. Yeah, the consistency. You know, we're just – we're not hitting on all cylinders, you know. We're hurting ourselves with negative yards plays and missed throws and um, turnovers at the wrong time and not being on the same page uh, too many times. Whether I'm missing a throw or we're not in the spot I think we're going to be at, it's happening in the, in the in the worst times. You know, when we have to play our best in those crunch times, we haven't been playing our best. No, they haven't. Ballyhood 12 v 12 matchup. One more for you, Z, before we go. Uh, <laughs> that was won by Brady. All right, so it's one apiece uh, in their careers. And he set another NFL record last night. Most career total yards from scrimmage. These are all team awards. I, I certainly can't throw it to myself. I've got so many great teammates, guys blocking and coaches coaching. And this is a great team sport. So I just see those as all great team, team awards. He passed Peyton Manning, who had 79,000-something or other, and then on the 55-yard bomb to Gordon, that put him over 80,000 total yards of offense. 80,000. Think about that. When you Remember play, when a 1,000-yard rushing was pretty good? Yeah. <laughs> when you play as long as he has and you get to the postseason to have those extra games yeah, every year. Still. Yeah, I mean, you. that's a lot of yards. Even Aaron Rodgers acknowledged uh, the GOAT resides in Massachusetts. Yeah, I mean, if you play long enough and you have the sustained greatness that Thomas had, it's going to be a lot of records that go down. So he's had an incredible career, been the gold standard of quarterback for the better part of two decades, and yeah, he's a great player. He's a good player, pretty good player. Yeah, Patriots I- get it done, 31-17 at Gillette. 
We're just getting started. We welcome our listeners from Sheboygan and Wausau, our viewers uh, everywhere on our Midwest Communication websites. We are live from the Stadium View, Stone's Throw from Lembo, and uh, what's going on over here these days, Z? Well, you know, they always have great happy hours starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. That's always great over here at Stadium View. They have live music on Tuesdays. That's going to be indoors when the weather gets chilly. Then on game days, this is really the place to be. Live music outside. Refreshments are flowing. Great place to always come in pregame when you're when you're and talking you about the Packers game next game. week. Miami, yes. don't forget to push back to three twenty-five. Yes, so you do. come on over here to the View on Home Greenway. It's going right. to be rowdy. That's when for sure. we come back. I've got a guy that's going to join the likes of these legendary backup quarterbacks that have appeared on this fifth quarter <laughs> show. I didn't have time to write them all, but I think you'll remember some of these names. Ferragamo, Hasselbeck, Brunel, Detmer, Peterson, Keel, Zorn, Flynn, Bono, Wright, Nall, Tolzine. Next up, it's the Golden Domer, Deshaun <laughs> Kaiser, when we come back to the fifth quarter right after this. We now return you to the fifth quarter, live from the Stadium View Bar and Grill. Here are Mark Daniels and Matt Z. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, well, yesterday wasn't a total wash. I got out to Cape Cod a little bit, did some sightseeing, had lunch in Hyannis, saw the Kennedy compound, and yeah. uh, played a little touch football, you know, like Jack and the guys did back in the day. Uh, <laughs> and then I went out to the ballpark and uh, didn't get any sleep overnight. You know how road games are on its Sunday night games. So I get back on the plane today, and uh, August had to take the nap on my flight from Providence to Chicago, and there's a screaming baby behind me. So, I mean, literally, screaming. Top of the lungs. No nooks or things to stick in the kid's mouth to shut it up. So I endured. But anyway, I uh, got back many, home. How many times did you turn around and give dirty looks to the parents? I, I didn't do anything. I just endured. Yeah. I just endured. So, but anyway. That's a tough spot. I mean, what are you going to do with a I know. I know. It's tough. So I uh, got back in town, went over to the stadium, heard from Mike McCarthy. We'll hear some highlights from him on a couple of injury updates a little bit later on. Uh, and uh, you guys must have been in meetings long because I didn't even get a chance to see you coming out before I came over here. And we're going to finish up the day with a guy I've been waiting to get on board here for a couple of weeks. Uh, really like talking to him. He came to the Green Bay Packers in the middle of March in a Brian Gutekunst deal that sent Demarius Randall and some picks get and swap between Cleveland and Green Bay to bring Deshaun Kaiser in to uh, be the backup quarterback. And then Brett Hundley was shipped to Seattle, and he is number two. And I think he's going to be around here for a while. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the former Notre Dame Irish QB Deshaun Kaiser to the fifth quarter. Hello, Deshaun. Thank you. Thank you. How are you? Good. Good. Yeah, How's well, life in Green Bay? It's good. Simple. You know, starting to get cold. Uh, but for the most part, well, you're no stranger. You're an Ohio kid. No, no, no. Like, I've been I've been in the Midwest. I think the football guys like me here. Uh, you know, going from Toledo over to Notre Dame, went you know another hour and a half east to Cleveland, and now still in the Midwest. So you're a second round pick with the Browns, and you're thrown into the fray in one of the really a really tough year yeah. without a W. Um, what was that like? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, you know, while you're in this situation, it was you're you know, just playing. You're just playing. You know, you're, you're trying to figure out uh, what it, what what you can do differently to, to get that first win. Um, and when you're playing for your first win, and instead of playing for the playoffs or playing for a long-term development, um, it, it can kind of skew the way you go about your week. And um, you know, it kind of kind of gave me. Uh, some of the, the, the basis of the processes that you need to, to get to winning, um, which is nice. Um, but, but, you know, it's, it's, on, it's on to winning now. It's on to, to championships. It's on to playoff runs. Um, you know, very unique situation, but, but glad it's behind me. Looking forward to, to learning from, the, from those experiences and uh, figuring out how to, to, to win when, I, when my number's called. Well, you got my attention last December <laughs> against these guys. 
when you lit him up for three scores in a, in you know, a pretty competitive effort. I'm sitting on the sideline. We're going into the fourth quarter. <laughs> really? Uh, I got Cody Kessler sitting to my left, and I, I looked over at Cody, and I'm like, you know what? Finally. Really? We got to win. <laughs> we got to win. It's 21 7. This is professional football. There's no way that uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a, a guy you know who who isn't necessarily the starting quarterback uh, come out and, and put up three touchdowns to win a game. I think we're gonna be all right. And lo and behold, here you know, goes Hundley. Here, here comes Hundley. Here comes Devontae. And then of course Clay Matthews comes over in, in <laughs> overtime. Uh, you know, left a bad taste in my mouth. I'll tell you that. So you get through it, and you're figuring, all right, let's uh, let's just keep trying to grow in Cleveland. And uh, the phone rings, and uh, you're on your way here. What do you think? Yeah, you know, uh, when when you're trying to figure out how to be a pro, you're you're 21 years old. You, you get drafted, you get thrown to the fire. You you don't necessarily understand the ins and outs of the business. You know, um, the game has been uh, one that's based on camaraderie, love. You know, the things that the things that you've you kind of value your whole life. And then you get to the pros and they, they kind of take that all away from you. You start seeing guys moving in and out of the locker room. Uh, you start seeing what it takes to, to go into a city for, uh, you know, six to seven months out of the year and, and, and try to, you know, embrace the community and things like that. Um, and finally, you figure it out. You, you think you figure it out and you go into your first offseason and say, OK, here we go. I know I know what I'm doing. Um, you know, time to take the next step, get this team winning. Um, and, and try to do something that, that Cleveland hasn't seen in a while, and, and, and that's get to the playoffs. And uh, you start the first two months of that process, and randomly you get a call. And <laughs> How random was it? Oh, it was as random <laughs> as it can get. I'm, I'm driving. I just got done with the workout. Um, a, a guy who everyone around here pretty much knows, and uh, Dorsey, who's our new GM in Cleveland, uh, you know, rings me and uh, lets me know. At fir first, the conversation started off pretty basic. It was, you know, how you doing? How you enjoying? How you enjoying John's California? Just yeah, we know John just really, really well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And then right at the end of it, he just lets me know I'm being shipped up here. And uh, you know, as a 22 year old at the time. Didn't really know what that meant. So I got on the phone and started calling all my support team, uh, my parents, my agents, uh, you know, close family and friends, and, and start brainstorming on how I can uh, best maximize this experience. And uh, I think that it truly is going to be something that um, is going to be a huge staple in my career and in my life, uh, going through um, that, that transition and, and figuring out um, the, the negative things that can happen to you emotionally and uh, spiritually when you're going through that losing situation and coming over to an organization that has a tradition of winning, uh, a tradition of great quarterback play, a tradition of great quarterback development. Um, this is a, a very, um, you know, opportune moment in, in my career to, to kind of maximize uh, the negatives of, of 2017 and, and start maximizing 2018 and, and you know, forever. All how, right. how big of a part of you wanted to stay in Cleveland because you're a competitor and you wanted to bring that team back? Yeah, it, it was a it was a very um, sexy situation in a way. Uh, you know, growing up in Toledo, Ohio, I was an hour and 50 away. I was shooting home on Monday nights with Tuesdays off to get a home-cooked meal for my mom. Um, obviously, they haven't seen winning in a long time. Um, being being in, in kind of that, that Midwest Notre Dame environment, I was I was well liked in the, in the area. Started you know spending quite a bit of time in the community, um, giving back quite a bit, and um, it, it was a perfect situation for me. Uh, I thought as a young quarterback that it was it was going to be a situation in which I could kind of develop and, and at least spend a couple years. I didn't know if 
I was going to be starting the next year after the right. performance we had. But I knew that I could probably develop within that system and hopefully, you know, leave that city with with a statue of myself outside the stadium. That was the goal. <laughs> um, but obviously, that was cut short. And and uh, that that's where that whole mindset of, of being in a business kind of came in, where you got to understand that this is um, not necessarily the same game that you played growing up. It isn't about that camaraderie. It isn't about um, you know developing these these deep relationships with your teammates you gotta you gotta unfortunately uh, take that that uh, mindset off of um, the the team environment in the locker room and start focusing on yourself and, you and still have those developing. feelings it still is about karama but it, you got to compartmentalize it now right exactly you, you know exactly you're you are a commodity yes exactly exactly and, and, and you are employee number and, and that can be adjusted for many reasons. It's not necessarily always play, right. as you can see with, you know, Ha and, um, you know, and Ty yeah. in, in that situation last week. It isn't necessarily about your play. It's, uh, there, there's a lot that goes into it with finances and uh, young guys and youth. And uh, you can't control those things. All you can control is, is you getting better each day and, and trying to maximize the reps and opportunities that you get. You go from being a starter in Cleveland, you get traded here, you're a backup to a future Hall of Famer who's not going anywhere. What's that transition been like for you ego-wise, pride-wise? I mean, it, how humbling is that to go from a starter to, all right, now I get to watch and learn from Aaron Rodgers? All right, you know, other than my redshirt year, my, my freshman year of college, I, when it comes to football, I play. Yeah, that's that's what I know. All, all I know is being out there and leading from up front. Um, so this is a very unique situation in the sense that I had to learn how to be a backup. I had to learn what it took to be the best backup I can possibly be. And when you have a guy who um, is, uh, you know, is, is good and, and uh, future Hall of Famer and Aaron Rodgers, uh, the last thing you want to do is, is step on anyone's toes. You want to make sure that everything you're doing is, um, you know, for the for the greater good of, of him having another MVP year and, and getting us to a Super Bowl. Uh, so I had to kind of reset uh, my mentality. Um, in Cleveland, I knew that there was, a, there was a direct correlation between how well I played and our record. Here, there is no direct correlation on, on how well I practice and how we win because I don't play on Sundays you know, and, until my number's called if, if Aaron, um, you know, God forbid, went down. Uh, but with that being said, I had to kind of realize that my, my emphasis and my, my development needs to be on understanding the game from a macro level so that I can, um, you know, help the young guys in the receiving room, um, understand some of the protection changes that are going to have to be, uh, you know, adjusted th throughout the game. And then on top of that, understand how Aaron uh, goes about his process so that I can uh, do whatever it takes uh, week to week, game to game, rep to rep uh, to help him in, in whatever way he needs me. Talk about during the week as a backup what your responsibilities are. How do you get Aaron better prepared? How do you get the receivers better prepared? Talk about what your week is like. Yeah, so um, you know we're sitting right here. We're, we're sitting. At, we're sitting on Monday. Um, this is where you're, you're going to go back and you're going to reflect on the game from before. So I go back and I watch all the film from the Patriots game. Go back and my, look at my notes. Uh, kind of figure out where, where I could have done what I could have done different, and, and maybe understanding some of the, the adjustments they're going to make and try to predict those to try to uh, you know hopefully give a couple more tips here and there to Aaron. Uh, but now we move on. Uh, you put that behind you. You get into Tuesday, um, and and you start preparing like a starter in a way on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, you go in. And you're trying to get your bases of the defense. You're trying to you know, find the tendencies of the defensive coordinator, uh, understand the strengths and weaknesses of the corners and safeties, um, understand how the fronts kind of uh, relate to the defense that's going to be played, um, just as if I was going to play. And then from there, it becomes, okay, how does our game plan that we receive on Wednesday morning um, kind of go with the notes that I had? 
um, see where the differences are, try to understand those differences so that when I'm communicating to my teammates, I'm communicating the same way that everyone else is. Um, and then it becomes how is Aaron going to affect that game plan? You know, what, what are his adjustments in the game? What, how does he think? How does he uh, see that game plan so that when he's out there making those adjustments and uh, if, I, if I have to go out and practice on Wednesday or if I have to step out there, that I'm saying the same things that he's saying in the same way. So there's a kind of a seamless transition. The last thing you want as a backup quarterback is if a guy goes down, all of a sudden you have to flip the play sheet over and run a completely different offense. Right. And so and on me to make sure that I understand exactly been, what Aaron's yeah, doing. Yeah, and you've been practicing a lot, you know, as Aaron's been going through this knee thing. You had a lot of Wednesdays. I have. I have. I've had every Wednesday um, since week one. Yeah. And, and it's been a, a, a truly an a unbelievable experience. Um, you know, obviously walking into a situation in which you really don't know how teams are going to practice. You really don't know how, uh, you know, this organization goes about practice and you're trying to just go out there and lead as if you're the guy. Um, but also understanding that uh, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time is sitting in, um, you know, the rehab room yeah. ready to come back out the next day. Um, so you, once again, you have to change your mindset. For a guy who's as competitive as myself, who's been a starter his whole life playing football, um, I got to make sure that I'm doing things the way Aaron would do them, not the way that I see him because yeah. obviously uh, it's about preparing the team for the, the opportunity in front of them on Sunday and that's with 12 backers so, so let me do those things so did you have the oh shh moment uh, with the Bears I did I did I did yeah. <laughs> I mean it's opening day and it is it is um you know that, that's my career though that's my career. My yeah, mom, you talked about that. I remember. Yeah, my mom called me in, or my mom called <laughs> me up that morning, and um, you know, it was like, "Hey, I have this gut feeling that you're going to be playing today." I was like, "You know what, mom? I feel the same as that." Really? Play. And I went back through, oh, and weird. I went back through that game plan over again, just because there, there's something about uh, this game that it's always put me in positions where um, I'm going to be thrown out there. <laughs> you know, you walk into a situation. And in which you have Brock Osweiler who just got signed this big contract. You think you're going to have some time to sit behind him, and then all of a sudden through preseason game two, you're already the starter. Right. Uh, you come over here, and you're starting to figure out, all right, let me figure out what this backup game's like. Let me go see Aaron play, and then in week one, right away, against you know a, a divisional opponent under the lights, you get thrown out there. And, and that's... Um, that just goes to show that you got to be ready at all times. And in, in this game and in this league, at any point in time, your number is going to be called, and you got to be able to perform. And if you can't perform in those moments, you will be out of this league quicker than you could ever think. Good point. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to take a look back and uh, have a quarterback break down the quarterbacks from last night a little bit. Deshaun Kaiser, our guest tonight. Don't go away. We're coming back with a little bit more of the fifth quarter, and we'll look for a hot play winner when we return right after this. Live from the Stadium fast. View Bar Grill. Here are Mark fast, Daniels and Matt Z. That's, that's, All right, welcome back, everybody. Packers fall to the Pats. Dolphins to come. And uh, then they're back out on the road for two more toughies. Shoot, what a month this is for the boys. But before we get back to Deshaun Kaiser, uh, let's find a hot play winner from last night's game. You know how it works. Our friends from Robinson will uh, give you a prize tonight. If you guess the hot play of the day, you'll also get qualified for the grand prize rung at the end of the year. A pair of indoor clubs to the Packers-Lions rematch in the regular season finale. Let's line them up. Z, who do we got? Hot play. Glory is up. First, Lori, what's your guess? Just a guess. Uh, Jimmy Graham's touchdown. Pretty good guess. Hot play of the day. Came in the third when the Packers finished off the opening drive of the second half to get the game even one last time. Second and goal. Snap. Rodgers deep drop. Has time. Throws it. Left side of the end zone. Got his man. Touchdown. Jimmy Graham. Chung to the left side of the end zone. Jimmy Graham on the reception, and the Packers an extra point away from tying the game. 
You got it. That away, Lori. That's our hot play of the day. We'll do a little cold play a little bit later on for Jimmy Graham last night. Four for 55 and the touch. You know, everyone's saying, you know, where's Jimmy Graham? Where's Jimmy Graham? You know, he's been in the end zone a couple of times. He's pushing 1,000 yards for the season. He's almost halfway there. Uh, you know, I, it's been okay. Between Jimmy and, and Devontae and uh, and Marquez Valdez Scanlon really coming on like gangbusters, I think this should be all right. Deshaun Kaiser, our guest tonight, talking about the Brady v. Rogers matchup last night. How do you watch the game? I know you're into the whole thing. You're talking about making sure adjustments and everything. You know this is that, but you're also watching. Two pretty good players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a quarterback, obviously, I've been watching yeah. those guys play since I've been in seventh grade, sixth grade. I'm always joking around with Aaron about that. But, um, you know, in, in the first quarter, I, you kind of already have an idea of what's going to happen in terms of uh, once you get their base defense down, um, you already know how your, your first couple series are going to go based upon, uh, you know, game plan. Uh, so with that, I was able to kind of watch Brady. But after that, it, it was it was more about just trying to make sure that we're making the proper adjustments on the sideline. So, you know, you can peek up and, and catch a couple big plays. But for the most part, that was one of the funner games I've ever seen. Yeah, that, that was fun. Uh, and our hot play, was that was a hell of a throw. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A, you know, dart to the corner of the end zone. Have you ever seen a tempo that fast out of the gate? Never. Like Brady and the, and the Patriots? You, you know, I've, I've seen it that fast in college football, but never that smooth. Typically, it's, really? it's super, you know, frantic. And everyone's going crazy to be able to go that fast. But for them to be able to... Um, you know, move the way that they move. Uh, that's something that you want to kind of create as a goal for your own offense in a way uh, to, to be able to run that, that fast. You know, one of the, the uh, more difficult things for a defense to stop is tempo. Yeah, and, and how you guys came out, what was kind of the thought going early against what you were expecting from the Pats and what Aaron was going to try and get accomplished? So, something along the same lines as what they were coming against us with, and that was tempo. we we got to be able to you know, uh, you know, wear him down, but wear him down through tempo, um, being able to, to get the play in as fast as possible, allow Aaron to do his job. Uh, and in order to do so, you got to be able to have the play call in. So we were able to move quick um, and kind of caught that rhythm the way that we wanted to in the second quarter there and then start of the third. Same thing. I think two freebies, again, from Aaron last night, wasn't it? I think yep. he had two free shots yep. just on tempo, getting him in and out, staying in personnel groups. And so did the Patriots do anything where you guys were talking between series now? All right, they have now come with this. We've got to go with that. Yeah, you know, the Patriots are kind of known as a team who's going to make two or three adjustments right. a game. And um, and they made those adjustments, and you got to attack those adjustments um, uh, one of two ways, uh, either one call base calls in which Aaron can get, can then uh, you know see the defense and make the the proper adjustment off the base call, or two come to the sideline and and, and try to find the formations that can dictate the defensive coverage and defensive look so that you can get the proper. Is that how you eventually got MVS? Isolated, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Under, understanding where the double teams are going to be, understanding the way they're going to play Devontae and Jimmy, and then from there, you know, trying to trying to put the ball in the right spot with the right guy. He still was moaning about the fact he had more opportunities with Devontae, the guy that New England really focused on taking away. Absolutely, you know that that's um, that's one of the the internal battles as a QB is, is when you know you have a, a star in Devontae Adams, and I've never played with that, but uh, just seeing the way we're going about it, when you have a star out there who, who's very difficult to guard, um, how are they going to play him? And, and um, 
typically it's going to be with two guys, but when they're putting two guys on them, how are they playing with those two guys? Is it someone who's pressed with the guy over the top, or are they playing with soft leverage? I saw a little bit of both, yeah. And, and there was. And we just got to make sure uh, moving forward, um, it's going to be an emphasis on making sure that we're seeing that and understanding access. And that's one of my jobs on the sideline, too, is to be able to communicate that with Aaron, saying, okay, yeah, there's two guys over there, but here's a route tree that we can still use to still get the ball in our playmakers' hands. Oh, that's interesting stuff. Z? Yeah, talk a little bit more about what your role is on the sideline as the number one backup on a game day. What are you responsible for? What are you looking for? Well, step one is making sure that I'm ready to go at any point in time to put that helmet on and uh, strap up and go, you know, lead my teammates. But step two is just making sure that I'm seeing the looks that uh, we've seen in practice and, and, and trying to figure out the, the proper plays that uh, we can have at, off of those. Um, you know, th this game uh, that I've found quickly at this level is a game of rhythm and it's a game of tendencies. Rhythm in the sense that you're going to have ups and downs. You're gonna, there's going to be the roller coaster ride of the game and you've got to be able to uh, make sure that the deviation isn't large, that you're not getting too high and you're not getting too low. And then when it comes to tendencies, it's about setting things up with base plays and then working things off of those. And, um, you know, whether it be formation based, whether it be route tree based, whether it be a run scheme that then can turn into play action, it's on me to make sure that I'm um, kind of feeling the, the rhythm of the game and I'm trying to figure out where our plays are going to come off of the things that we've been doing. Um, you know, I think that we, we, we were one of the best two minute teams I've ever seen. Um, obviously, that has a lot to do with Aaron and his accuracy and his playmaking ability, but it also has a lot to do with, uh, you know, the conversation that Aaron has with the guys on the sideline. And I think that that's uh, where I've been able to, to, to find my comfort zone is being able to uh, figure out those formations, figure out those plays and, and how we can make those adjustments when Aaron's calling it himself in two minutes. Before you got to the pros, when you were in high school, was it always football for you or were you a basketball guy, baseball guy? Did you see one of those avenues maybe as a professional I did. Possibility? Football was the last out of the three. Really? Yeah. Um, I grew up a, a, a love of or a lover of basketball. A big basketball household. My dad played basketball in college. My mom was a basketball player in high school, um, and then my dad went on to play overseas, um, playing basketball. And that's kind of what he knew. Everything that I was kind of taught, all the values, all the lessons were kind of taught through the sport of basketball. He was my coach. I was his point guard. We kind of did things uh, through basketball first, and then baseball um, was kind of really. Uh, I loved basketball but I love to play baseball the most because that was my that was my season in which I could just relax you know we're, we're shagging fly balls in the outfield we're listening to country music we're trying to hit the ball as far as we can <laughs> throw it as fast as we can uh, that's that's the game you want to play you know so that that was kind of my the game I love to play and I honestly thought that was going to be the way that I was going to get out of high school was to go play baseball somewhere I knew I could throw the uh, you know throw a pitch upwards of you know mid 90s and and with a little bit of coaching I thought I'd be able to take it to the next level but after um, you know going out there and playing some some varsity football as a, as a young sophomore and, and figuring out that uh, there's not a lot of guys with my my intellectual ability, my size, and my arm strength, that that was going to be the best way. And, and on top of that, that there's 85 scholarships for football, and, right. and there's not that many scholarships in other two sports, so that was going to be my way out. How did you end up at Notre Dame? Why Notre Dame? I got down to um, LSU, Alabama, and Notre Dame were kind of the last three they were considering in, in, in the last uh, groupings of, of schools I was considering. And, um, you know, I, I love Coach Saban. Um, I love Cam Cameron and Les Miles at LSU, uh, but there was there was no better option for me than Notre Dame in a sense that location was great. You know, I was only an hour and fifty two hours away from Notre Dame. Um, education is is you know top five, um, top one in the country as far as going into business school. I knew I wanted to go into business, and then the football tradition there is is like no other. Um, it, it was just it was a place for me. It kind of had that small campus vibe that I actually uh, that I really liked. Um, had a great coach in Brian Kelly, um, and and 
once again had a winning tradition that I wanted to be a part of. I wanted to leave a, a footmark or a footprint on on that um, on that football program. You say that is position. the most pressure packed place to play quarterback in the country. Yeah, in my in my in my opinion, um, I don't know if there's a pro football team that has the impact. Um, that Notre Dame has in terms of an international fan base, in terms of a, a TV deal that we're, you're going to play on, on national television every week, and in terms of a tradition of uh, great coaches and great quarterback play in the past that uh, kind of relates to that. I think the only thing that I, I would put above that, and we've talked about this, I think that the Packers quarterback, uh, maybe the Cowboys quarterback, and then to me, instead of going to another NFL team, I think it goes Notre Dame quarterback <laughs> and then maybe Texas before you get back into Texas the NFL even. again. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So end of your career at Notre Dame, getting ready for the NFL draft. Where were you on draft day? Who were you with? Uh, actually, I went over to Philly on draft day. Um, and I got invited to go over there. Knew there was a chance I was going to go to the first round. Under- understood that there was going to be a second round opportunity, but really felt in my heart that uh, I'd end up in the first round somewhere to a team. Um, obviously, uh, and kind of felt the defeat of not going in the first round and, and sitting in that green room for a while. But was in Philly. Uh, had a great experience for my family. Um, you know, going through with some of the best football players in the world sitting there next to you. Some some great friends that I was able to make throughout that draft process. Guys that I've been going to camps with for forever who are sitting there with you um you kind of create a football family and i was able to experience that with all those guys um you know i had a, had a pretty uh, rough evening not going to that first round but then got back home actually on the second day and was able to uh, really enjoy that that draft experience with um you know a lot of my close family and friends uh, which really kind of got the the two pieces to the puzzle with with the full Philly experience and being back there and seeing all of that while also uh, getting drafted next to the people yeah, that I love. Neat. Well, you had something to talk about with Aaron right away when you got here, sitting around all day for right, the draft. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But he, but he still went, you know, yeah, 20, still, 20 picks above me. Yeah. 20, uh, do, you, above me. do you remember your emotions, what was going through your head when you got the call? It was Cleveland? Yeah, yeah, I was excited. I was excited. You know, there's a lot of people who, um, you know, Brady Quinn, who came out publicly and said, hey, you know, go anywhere but Cleveland. Right. I had a lot of people saying, you know, how, how rough of an organization it was and um, how, how difficult it was going to be to win there. But um, in the back of my mind, there, there was a lot of experiences in my life that I thought pushed me to be in Cleveland. And, th- and that was experience success, uh, getting thrown out there right away um, and in 2015 as a redshirt freshman after Malik Zaire went down. And then also going through the 4-8 and eight season before I got drafted and understanding how difficult it, t- or how yeah. difficult it is to win. I thought that was a very unique, um, you know, perspective for a quarterback and to go into Cleveland. And if you do win there, and John told me this when he got the yeah. job because he was hired right before the Packers went out yep. there to play, and I talked to him uh, in the press box and said, if we do win here, you are going to be revered forever. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. But if you win here, it works out pretty well, too. we got to take a break. Deshaun, yep. don't go away. We're going to take a look at this Packer offense, how they can get things straightened out here for the second half of the season. Dolphins are coming up next. We'll talk about that as well. Don't go away. Fifth quarter returns after this timeout. We now run, return you to the, the next break. quarter. Yeah, live from the Stadium View Bar and Grill. Oh, it's, here are Mark Daniels second. and Matt Z. All right, welcome back, everybody. Boy, that's time is flying when we're getting uh, such analytical conversation of the quarterback position from our guest tonight, Deshaun Kaiser. But before we wrap things up with Deshaun, we got to find a cold play winner from our friends at Robinson's. Guess the cold play of the day, and you'll take the prize home tonight, a cooler pack, and, uh, again, get you qualified for a grand prize at the end of the year. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't think it's going to take too yeah. long. I mean, uh, Janet is yeah. going to be making the guess. I told her if she doesn't get this right, she never gets to come back to the uh, that's, fifth quarter. That's fair. That's this, fair. this one is a slam dunk, I think. Uh, Janet, right. what's your guess? Aaron Jones fumble. Oh, you got the Jones right. It was Josh Jones being offside <laughs> on the opening kickoff. What the hell are you doing, Josh Jones? No, you're right. Yeah, a tough, tough break. A second week in a row, it's a fumble. Aaron Jones coughed it up, but he owned it up. In the locker room after the game, calling us just another self-inflicted road loss. We definitely beat ourselves. I mean, I beat us. If you want to put it that way. Uh, football was very costly. We were moving down the field, uh, close to red, uh, getting the red on it. Cost a fumble. You can't have that. And a game like this versus a great team who doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, big mistake. And he, uh, tough, 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 tough. You know? It is. Adversity hits all kinds of ways. He's been playing so well, and it hit. Uh, and he's right. Uh, against the good teams, you're finding out any mistake, especially on the road. You got to be clean. There's one guy in this league who understands how tough it is to win. It's me. <laughs> you know, after going <laughs> yeah, through last year, I and obviously, you know, seeing how this this season has started off, um, like like you said, you either you either have to play a perfect game in which right. you you have a bunch of consistent positive plays, or you're going to have to make four or five amazing plays to be able to combat for, you know, mistakes. And, and I think there were some opportunities out there yesterday of, of some big plays that we got to figure out. Certainly we're make. in Los Angeles as well. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, and Aaron's talked about this. He, he talked about, again, we just haven't been consistent. Third down, red zones, turnovers uh, are, are things that you talk about and you practice a lot, a lot, a lot. And really, I guess that's the only way to get it better is – Get back at it when you come out Wednesday and work on it. Yeah, you know, when, when you're in the professional level, we, we understand how important third down are, third downs are. We understand how important the red zone is. We understand how important turnovers are. Those are the main talking points of every meeting that you'll yeah. ever have. Um, but I think that the emphasis now becomes is um, when you're talking third downs, let's talk about why are we in third long. Let's talk about That the was the thing, yeah. I mean, the down a distance thing. Yeah, and that's kind of been a narrative that's been curated all all year. What did Aaron say? They had twenty plus, third or ten plus in the last exactly. couple of weeks. Exactly, very low exactly. percentage. So instead of focusing in on necessarily you know third down game plan, we need to you know lock in on yeah, uh, first and second, first and hell, second yeah. down, and, and the penalties that we're we're having on first down and second down. Um, th those are the things that are kind of coming back to to bite us in the butt, and uh, th those are small fixes. Those are things that you kind of hang your hat on in this season right now. If we were out here uh, completely lost, we be worried but if you walk into the locker room right now and you are in the locker room quite a bit you understand that the vibe is is still very high because even after everything that happened last week to sean i mean that's turbulence that you're gonna have to deal with there's a lot of noise outside this team right now oh, yeah. uh, you know about mccarthy's future and everything else going on uh you know that but that can kind of just help seal it and kind of create that Incubator that you need to stay amongst yourselves and get this thing figured out and get it right. Exactly. When you when you when you lose games off of beating yourself and self-inflicted wounds, uh, that's the that's the thing that keeps you going into the next week. Because now it becomes an accountability thing. It becomes a a, a situation in which you have to look yourself in the mirror and figure out what it takes for you to uh, just execute your job. Uh, the, the game plans are great. Um, you have a great quarterback. You have a great defense that has been playing their, their butt off lately. Um, it's it's on us now on offense to make sure that we can lock in and execute our job. Um, you know, once again on first and second down and on our base plays, uh, so that we can stay ahead of the chains and, and stay out of those third and long situations and, and obviously uh, keep the ball out of harm's way. All right. What is your first football memory? 
My first football memory is going to be, I think I'm in third grade, <laughs> playing for the DeVoe Vikings. Thought I was going to be a quarterback. Went out there, and the grandson of the coach wanted to play quarterback. So I was super upset. I had to put on one of those. <laughs> Nepotism. You know, exactly. I had to put on one of those T face masks and put my hand in the dirt and, and play off of the tackle really? and tight end. That, that was pretty frustrating. I didn't want to play it ever again, honestly. <laughs> what is one thing about you that Packers fans would be surprised to learn, like a unique hobby, something like that? Um, big country music fan. Yeah? yeah? Who are some of your top artists? Uh, Dustin, Dustin Lynch is a good friend of mine. Love his music. Don't uh, say Taylor Swift, please. No, no, good, no, good, no, good, no, good, no, good, 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 good. I like Aldine. Now we're bit. back to the girl with a curl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Aldine, I'm a big fan of. Uh, Thomas Rhett. Um, a lot of the new artists. Uh, nice. Kind of a new country guy, yeah. If you weren't playing football occupationally, what would you be doing? Realistically, I'd probably be an investment banker somewhere. Um, you know, that's that's kind of what Mendoza kind of taught everyone. That that's kind of the pinnacle job to have is to go, you know, work crazy hours and, and uh, you know, get a call at 11 o'clock at night that you got to have a model in by the morning. You stay up all night. Um, thank the Lord that I'm throwing a pigskin around because that's not for me. <laughs> really? All right. So, do you even take a peek at Miami yet or is that tomorrow? Yeah, that's tomorrow. All right. That's tomorrow, yeah. Well, one more AFC East team, an unfamiliar opponent. There will be a lot of things you're going to have to really kind of – this isn't like a division team or a – well, not, Notre Dame didn't have a conference, but, you know, regulars like you would see on your schedule. So it does take a little more work. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, you know, just getting a base understanding is, is the number one thing. Um, understanding that, uh, you know, you, you can look at individuals, but when you're playing an uncommon opponent, it's best probably just to look at them all as X's and just understand their scheme, understand how you attack that scheme, and just, you know, focus more on the execution of your, your own stuff rather than focusing in on how to, uh, you know, beat the, the intricacies of the, what they're doing. All right. Well, it was great having you, Sean. Uh, the fans loved you. Uh, best of luck. Stay healthy, and uh, and I hope it's a long run here in Green Bay with uh, with you and Aaron at the helm. And uh, let's see what happens. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Kaiser, our guest tonight. When we come back, a couple of quick news and notes from the day. Packers have a new safety in town. Ha ha! I'm not laughing about this one. Uh, and uh, we're also going to send somebody in this tavern to the Packers Dolphins game when we come back. Don't go away. The fifth quarter wraps right after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. Heading to the finish line here tonight. Good guy. Awesome guy. Very good guy. Yeah. Learned a little bit about the QB position, too. That's kind of fun. Uh, news of the day. Not good for Geronimo. He's got a groin no. injury and is going yeah. to need core surgery. Yeah, he's yeah. done. Four to six weeks. Uh, yeah. Same kind of surgery Dr. William Myers of Philadelphia performed on Demarius a couple of years ago. He did come back, finish that season, but might be dicey for Geronimo. Uh, Packers signed a safety today, Ibrahim Campbell, off waivers. He was a fourth-round pick of the Browns in 15, played with the uh, Jets most recently, also with Houston and Dallas to make room. They released punter Drew Kayser. Mm. You hear the story about Drew? Signed on Saturday because J.K. Scott's wife's expecting any minute. Yeah. He's just in case. Packers even had a private plane for J.K. to go home from Boston if... The water broke. Right, right. <laughs> it didn't. So, <laughs> Kaser, signed by the Packers, never put on a uniform, spent a weekend in yeah, New England. Why not? Not, not bad. Free All right. plane ticket. Okay. So, that'll do it. Uh, we're going to send somebody to the Packers v. Dolphins. Who's going to go to the ball game? 
Larry L. Larry, Larry L. Oh, hey, Larry's going to the ball game from our friends at Robinson's. Thank you, gentlemen and ladies. Next week, Miami, don't forget, 325 that kicks off. Yes. They somehow flex this one to the doubleheader slot. And but make sure you pregame here at Stadium View. Yes, indeed. Get and then, ready for the Dolphins. And then get back here for another edition next Monday night. That was a fun one tonight. Stick around. we got some more door prizes to give away before we sign off the air. Any closing thoughts with the Vikings beating the Lions and the Bears routing the Bills? <laughs> that offensive line for the Lions. Woo. Ten sacks for the Vikings. Yikes. Ten. Watched That's a lot of that game. That's something the Purple People Eaters never did. Watched a lot of that game. Could have been 20 sacks. And that was the bad. Saints outdueled the Rams in a wild one. I watched some of that uh, while I was at Gillette getting ready for the Packers. Look out for the Saints. That didn't help the Pack, actually, to tell you the truth. So forget about the wild card. Forget about anything. Just... You got to start with one said, win. We just need to win the next one, but yep. we're running out of next ones, as he said yesterday, and they are. So they got to get it going and get back even next week against the Dolphins. So until then, thanks for coming out, everybody. We'll thanks see you everybody. next Monday night. So long. <laughs>